This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello! I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Well, we got through another one. Happy Boxing Day. That's right. December 26th is Boxing Day in Canada. It is a holiday, so we don't have to work. So any Americans listening, y'all are suckers. But hey, welcome, my sinners, to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome, a podcast where I, your host Shane Told, talk to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a professional rock and roll band. And this week... We have a great episode. I speak to Sierra K of No, which is a brand new, very, very, very awesome, cool band. And she also used to front Versa Emerge, and they were also called Versa for a little while. We talk about all that stuff. She is terrific. She is super, super honest. This episode is completely 100% unedited. Uh, as you know, I did one with Rody Walker of Protest the Hero just a couple weeks ago. That was also unedited. This is even more unedited. <laughs> um, so this is going to be really good. It's really raw. She really speaks her mind. She's very honest about where she's been. I love it all. And her new band is really, really rad. Um, so make sure you check out No when you're done listening to this. So big news. We started it. The Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. This has been crazy. You know, it has only been a week um, since we launched this thing. And already we have 125 subscribers. We have over $1,600 a month coming in. Um, This is really awesome because all the support means the show can get bigger. It can get better. It can grow. We can do all this stuff. Apparently, I'm going on a tour. <laughs> We're going to have to book that. That could be in a little while. I did not expect to hit that goal so fast. Um, we got merchandise, which is awesome. We have some really cool stuff printed. I know I've shared a little bit with the Sinners on the All Access Club Facebook page. Um, I've held back a couple really awesome designs. Um, <laughs> but so much fun stuff happening uh, so please, if you can afford $6 a month, that's all it costs at a minimum. We got cool, really cool stuff for 9 bucks, really cool stuff for 25 bucks as well. Um, so if you can afford that every month, maybe you got some Christmas money, whatever it is, please check it out. And the, the link for the website 
is patreon.com slash allaccess. That's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash allaccess. And as always, we have the Amazon affiliate link. I'm sure some of you guys are going to be going for those Boxing Day sales. I'm sorry, that does not exist in America. However, post-Christmas sales, whatever they're called in America, I don't know. Uh, but definitely use this link, leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. Takes you right to the Amazon homepage. You log in as normal, and this show gets 4% of whatever you buy, and it costs you nothing. So check that out again, leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. While I have you... Make sure you're on the Facebook page, the normal one. Also, make sure you're on Instagram, Twitter, following the podcast, and make sure you're subscribed. I don't want you to miss any episodes, even when you're over holidays. Maybe you're not checking it, but this episode today is definitely not one to be missed. Before I get into it with Sierra, I got to remind you guys that I, Shane Told, of River Oaks, that is my solo project name, I'm taking this shit on tour this week. So today is the 26th. If you're listening to this and you're in the Detroit, Michigan area, you better be coming out tonight to Crowfoot at in Pontiac. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be playing all the River Oak songs that there are, which isn't a many, but then I'm going to be filling in the rest of the hour plus set with a whole bunch of Silverstein acoustic songs, some covers. It's going to be a really chill night. I'm just going to spend a lot of time just hanging out. So please, if you're in the greater Metro Detroit area, check it out tonight. December 26th, that is at the Crowfoot. Tomorrow, the 27th, I'm going to be in Cleveland Heights, Ohio at the Grog Shop. Uh, the day after that, 28th, I'll be in Pittsburgh at the Smiling Moose. Then the 29th, Philadelphia at the Foundry at the Fillmore. And then the 30th, one day before New Year's, New York City at Webster Hall. Now, Please, please, it would be awesome if you showed up and said what's up. The tickets are super cheap, like 12 or 13 bucks, and there should be tickets available at the door. So if you're getting this and you're like, oh, God, like, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the show, whatever, I don't think any of these shows are going to be sold out. Um, I mean, I maybe, but I highly, highly doubt it. So if you just show up at the door, you can get in for probably like 12 to 15 bucks maybe at the, uh, at the door. It's going to be a great night. So thank you so much for checking that out. Anyways, I hope you have a great Christmas and a very happy new year. Here it is, my conversation with Sierra Kay of No. So well, how are you? I'm pretty good. It's a very cold day in New York, and I'm packing ferociously for tour. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I just got home last night. I was in Europe, and I landed uh, last night, and it was like we got dumped on in Toronto. Like oh, like it's terrible. Like I'm talking at least like a foot and a half. Really? And, Is that yeah. where you live? Yeah, I live in Toronto. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's uh, it's, oh, it's so brutal. So I would was at my parents' house. Like my parents are a bit older, so I was like 
helping them shovel the driveway, you know? And That's I like, so nice of you. Oh, yeah. Well, I totally threw out my back. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting fucking old, and uh, yeah, and I, so I've been like laying on the couch, uh, in like agony, uh, all afternoon while my mom brings me uh, hot chocolate. So, well, I mean, that's kind of a perk, I guess. Oh yeah, no, it's it's is my back even really hurting? Maybe I just really like hot chocolate. Yeah, the first time I ever shoveled snow is when I like moved to Brooklyn four years ago. Yeah, and I had. They're like, yeah, you hundred dollars off rent if you do the sidewalks. I was like, oh fuck yeah, hell yeah. So I'm doing it and nothing is coming up. And this little lady walks up to me. She goes, she's like barely fucking. And she's like, no, no, you do it all wrong. And she like grabbed my shovel, jumped on it to like get it in the snow and like threw it over her head. I was like, what the fuck? No, it's like this this like, little old lady just showed me up. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. No, I know. I know you grew up in Florida, so. It's funny because, like, I talk to my friends that are, like, in Australia or whatever. They've, like, never seen snow. And I'm, I'm, like, sending them pictures. And they're, like, it's so beautiful and so festive. (laughs) And I'm, like, yeah, yeah. Like, do you know how heavy this snow is? And you have to, like, lift it with the shovel. And it takes, like, an hour to clear the driveway. Like, it's brutal. Fuck snow and everything. I hate cold weather. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah, I'm Floridian as fuck, so I (laughs) hate it unless I am snowboarding and in the snow flying down a mountain. Then I could do it. But just existing in it is is, uh, rough for me. So you mentioned you're packing for a tour. Um, What's going on with that? Where are you headed? Um, Tomorrow I fly to Seattle and we play in Seattle, then go down to Portland, Sac, Oakland, LA. Um, I think a few other dates might be added on. Not sure yet, but it's a very small little tour. Cool, cool. Well, you'll have better weather out there, presumably. Um, yeah. So, so this is with your new band, which is called uh, No, right? No, yeah, you no, got it right. No. Uh, and I, I love your new band, by the way. It's awesome. Oh, sick! I'm Thank really, you. really stoked on it. Um, Generally speaking, <laughs> my first question. Generally speaking, it's a big like faux pas uh, to ask, <laughs> but I have to, I have to ask you about the band name um, because it's like if someone is just hearing this, they're going to be like, "No, like, what do you mean, no? Like the opposite of yes." So it's yes. a bit of a it can be a bit of a confusing name. But but where did uh, where did the name come from? First of all, heaven forbid I ever be in a band with a non confusing name. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's just going to happen. Um, no, the, my guitar player, Nick, um, you know, he generally came to me with the idea of starting this band and I was like, Oh fuck yeah. And, um, he kind of had names already in his head and I knew he was like set on them and no was the one he really liked. And I'm not very picky. I'm like, yeah, sure. Call it no. I think it's kind of cool. It's, um, you know, it is meaning like no and O opposite of yes, but obviously that band name is taken. So we just like spelled it a little bit different. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I wasn't sure. No, that's, um, that's cool. I can just picture you guys, you know, you're saying you're flying to the West coast and you're doing these shows. And if there's any kind of marquee, I can just imagine every possible spelling of those letters in every combination because <laughs> there's yeah, no definitely. way they're going to get it right. Someone spells it like X E U N A. Oh yeah, like, yeah it's gonna get it. it's gonna get messed up and turned around so many times. Like my my band name Silverstein isn't particularly confusing, 
uh-huh. I've seen every like every possible combination of those letters on a marquee. Oh, so oh, get ready because it's coming. <laughs> well, every every show they've played so far, like the opening band, I've been like, "Yeah, Nukes is next." I'm like, "Okay." Oh, Somebody's yeah. like, "Noix," like you know, like I can see where it gets confusing, but it's almost kind of a weird blessing disguise because they have to think twice about it. And then they like remember it. Yeah, well, and they're gonna people are gonna talk about it too, you know. That's true. And, um, like, what so, a dumb band name, right? <laughs> well, we're talking about it, <laughs> but I, I had to make sure because because I you know I have enough being from Canada, I have enough like French you know understanding of how those you like, know things pronunciations. Are, yeah, sure, and but I did still have to ask Stephanie, your publicist, who has an old friend of mine. I had to make sure that's how I said it, so I didn't want to fuck it up. Well, congratulations. You did not fuck it up. I know. I'm killing it, man. <laughs> um, I had something to say and now I forgot. I'll be okay. All um, good. I mean, it must be hard to do these things. You talk to people all the time. Oh, you know what? Um, I like doing these things. And I, I uh, when I first started, I had no idea what I was doing. I, I guess I still kind of don't. But this is like going to be like... Does probably- anybody... <laughs> Yeah, no, but no. Well, the thing I figured out about life uh, is that no one really knows what they're doing. Yeah, it's like this big hidden secret. It's and it makes you feel way more free and like easier to go through the world. <laughs> it's completely true because when you're a kid, you always just assume like your parents kind of like have everything figured out, and then or like maybe if your if your parents don't, well, like your teachers do, and like you know, oh, the police are definitely like all good people, and they all like you know. <laughs> Everyone's following the law and, you know, you have this like kind of, I don't even know, you know, looking through the world with these rose colored glasses and then you get to some age and you're like, oh, wait a second. I have no idea what I'm doing and neither does everyone, anyone else. And we're pretty much all just faking it. Yeah. Like I use this mantra whenever I'm giving myself a really hard time about like not getting something together or like, you know, just really being hard on myself. I always like say, all you know is nothing. All you know is nothing. So just calm the fuck down and like, it's going to be okay. We'll work itself out. Nobody else knows. Yeah. It makes me feel a lot, a lot safer in the world. Well, my sister, she was a teacher for a number of years before she just couldn't do it anymore. But she is, my sister's horrible at math, horrible uh-huh. at math, but she's teaching like elementary school math. And so she has to like, she still has to teach, you know, kids yeah. math. So I always said to her, I was like, look, you only need to be one lesson ahead of these kids. <laughs> That's all you have to be. And you'll be fine. You'll get you'll get through it. That makes a lot of sense. Math is a difficult thing. I couldn't imagine teaching it, but hey, fake it till you make it. That's right. That's a that's a thing we say a lot on this show. Yeah, no, I remembered what I was going to say about about the band name when I had my little brain fart. Um, yes. The, all, the other thing is like it's going to be that cool thing where like certain people are going to know how to say your name. And they'll yes. be like the cool ones and it'll be like it'll be like when you're going out for for Vietnamese soup and someone's like yeah yeah, yeah. Can, say, can I get I some can say. I get some I want to get like, some pho and you're like, like uh pho um, don't you mean pho and it's like you know what well fuck you <laughs> you know I was just on the bus the other day and I rode past a pho place and it was said fucking like pho king oh yeah you know? and I was like I was like oh shit fucking That's I see great. what they did there <laughs> they're so funny <laughs> mm-hmm. that's right that's Brooklyn for you everything's cool oh yeah um, very cool very cool yes um yeah well hey um I kind of want to go back in time um and kind of get your whole story because here you are like 
about to go out and do these like shows with this cool new band from Brooklyn, and you didn't really have like a cool Brooklyn upbringing. Um, no, all, you I know, didn't. and I kind of want to start back in, you know, how you became basically a 16 year old kid in a band ready to tour the world, which is like fucking crazy. Yeah, it was a dream come true. It was um, like, I, like you ever feel like you want something so bad, like it's the only thing that's like it could possibly be the only thing that could happen. I've, that's kind of like I feel like how it did happen. <laughs> crazy. That's yeah, crazy. I was I was in high school and like flunking out, and you know nothing. I cared about nothing except for like going to shows. And I was like, I have to sing in a band. That's the only thing that seems right, and it was always on my mind every day. And uh, when an opportunity came, I grabbed it, and it like worked out. And then it just went up from there. Okay. So there's probably a few <laughs> details you forgot, but that was a really great like overall uh, summary of your life in your first 25 years. I like that. Okay, so so, so well, well, like I mean, okay, you're you're at the point you're in high school and you're like basically music has consumed you, and you're flunking out. Like I mean, I was kind of the same way. Like you know, drawing like band logos on my binders and stuff, not paying attention. Um, but but like, h- how did you get to that point? Like, how did you get into music originally? Um, you know, when you were, when you were a kid? Well, I was like, I was in a Christian school up until third grade. And I was like, um, I was so bizarrely confused the whole time I was there. I just wasn't on the same page. Like I had no idea what was going on. I was just not there. And then, um, my sister ended up getting kicked out and then my mom took me out and I got put into the school, which was a magnets art school. And all of a sudden, like things started making sense. There was more magical things happening there. Like they're like, yeah, you get to do these classes and now you can choose any art class you want. You could do music, dance, singing. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? I can do these things. Like it was a total right. eye opener. So I immediately went to like, um, musical theater that like you know I just wanted to sing I always wanted to sing and it started from there and then in high school I was like a big musical theater nerd and um but also in high school is when I like started discovering bands like my sister was really into punk like she was very punk she's like all about subhumans and the addicts and um <laughs> like you know leftover crack and like she took me to my first show and like I think it was a tiger army show and, really like, yeah, and, like, this other band was playing, and I just remember being, like, young and, like, you know, I was at State Theater in St. Pete, and, like, yeah. um, this guy's on stage, and it's just full of sweaty people climbing on top of each other, and I was just like, this is the realest shit I've ever seen. Like, there's nothing authentic like this in theater. Theater is just so fake. Yeah. And then all these dark thoughts of, like, I was like, I hate theater. Like, I'm not being me. I'm pretending to be other people, and I'm trying so hard to be perfect. And um, and you bought an upright you know, bass. Uh-huh. And you bought an upright bass. Yes. And, <laughs> and totally, like, started curling my hair. Yes. Weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's, um, that's interesting, though. Like, because, yeah, you say the thing about musical theater and then how that transitions into band because – it's funny, you know, how you're absolutely right, how it's like they're totally different, but they're still the same, they, you know? They, yeah, yeah, they really do. Like, in some way, like, I'm, like since I was young, like, I just want to entertain. I just want to sing. I want to make people happy. Mm-hmm. But then with age comes, I want to be happy. I'm lost. I confuse, like, who the fuck am I? 
Um, how do I figure it out? And I was really, really, really drawn to chaos, <laughs> which is where it all was <laughs> like, where the trajectory of my life really takes place. I was really drawn to chaos and, um, you know, not so much destructive, but like, I liked the out of controlness and like the freedom that kind of came with it. So, you know, in high school, I'm going to more shows. I'm discovering more bands like Sayosin and like getting into that whole world. Um, and, and like just started skipping school and being like, fuck this. I was kind of a little brat, but <laughs> then I, <laughs> then I auditioned for Versa. And when I like got in, I was like, holy shit. And I was like, it just all made sense. And I met Blake and, um, he was like, Hey, so we're going to write songs. We're going to tour and then we're going to get signed. Can you drop out of high school? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> sir. So he had a drive similar to yours, I guess. Yeah. He like totally like had a plan and I was just like, I'm down for anything. I'm ready. Like there, I have nothing to be tied to. So I've made sure throughout my, my whole life, I've never been tied to anything because like school is what I was tied to and I was miserable and it made no sense for me. It wasn't how I learned like, I was barely going. And when I told my mom, listen, like I can drop out and do this and have a chance or I can drop out of high school and like start working for dad on the roof. And then like, who knows what I'll do, <laughs> you know? Sure. So she gave me the chance and like, that was all it took, I guess. So yeah, that's I crazy. Out. Cause I mean, a lot of parents <laughs> really wouldn't like, I mean, when I dropped out of, I was in college when, when, like I was like what 20 I was pretty old when when Silverstein got going actually I think I was 22 maybe and uh-huh. I was going to college and even then my parents were still like kind of weird about it really like, like they yeah I mean they were they were ultimately supportive but they were kind of like you know are you it's sure you know um yeah. so when you say to someone like that's a 16 year old and I I don't want to say it has anything to do with sex but your 16 year old daughter yeah. Okay, sure. Go on the road with a bunch of guys. Like that's Yeah. There's she a lot of parents that would have guessed. Yes. <laughs> she definitely met the boys first. And um because Blake and I had such like a good chemistry and he is a really like straightforward, like no bullshit kind of like just a good kid. Yeah. Um definitely nothing no weird intentions and um I was pretty much a loud mouth, so <laughs> like I would say how I feel too and um, it was kind of just like a good mixture where I wasn't hopefully not going to let anybody fuck with me because I'm a spunky little teenager, <laughs> but at the same time, like learning a lot. And I think my mom, uh, my mom actually tried out for a band when she was 17 and oh, crazy. she was like, yeah, she was like, that's so weird. It, this, like, she's like basically at the same age I tried out for a band. She's like, except I can't sing <laughs> and I didn't make it, but she remembers like how much she would want to be right. in a band. So and living think, vicariously. Yeah, yeah. She was like, she's known me my whole life better than anybody else. And yeah. she's like, you know, I don't think that there's anything else that could be more right for you. Music Leader was great and I was good at it and it was fun, but I need the chaos. I need the freedom. Like, I really just need the authenticity of it. That's like that's my, our, <laughs> yeah, our first show, I was like, I think I'd finally turned 17. And I might have still been 16, but it was our first show and I've never played live. Like I've played at rehearsals and stuff. I couldn't hear shit. I was so off key. Yeah. Like I was so off key, but as soon as the music started on stage, oh my God, I could get the crowd so hyped. And like, I was so hyped 
And I was just like, ah, like it was just this ball of explosion. I was like, yep, this is it. I was like, I sounded like crap, but we'll get there. <laughs> wow. So you were pretty confident like on stage right away, like as a performer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in a weird way, I know musical theater is so different, but like I was in dance classes, I was in voice lessons, like right. every other day, rehearsal, 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 always being paired. So it's like, I don't know, that part was easy. The performance part was easy. No, nah, it's cool. Yeah, I know. A lot of a lot of people will say the complete opposite. They, you know, they felt more like in tune with the music and in tune with, you know, they're kind of like writing and playing. And then when they're like, oh, shit, we're taking this in front of people, like actual people are watching. And that's when, yeah. that's when especially younger people, they tend to they tend to like, you know, panic and, and it all kind of caves in. So that's yeah, that's cool. I'm the I'm the complete opposite. Like I want to spend the least amount of time in the studio and I want to spend the most amount of time like giving it out and like doing it and, you know, actually like existing in it. Yeah. No, that's crazy. So, I mean, Blake has this, how much older was Blake is Blake than you? Um, he was already out of high school. Okay. He's 28 now. He's 28. Okay. Yeah. So I'm he, actually with him he right had this now. clear, like crazy vision, <laughs> you know, it's like one thing to be like to want to do it, you know, and say, okay, uh-huh. we're going to do it and even have the drive and even have the talent, but to actually make it happen is like pretty amazing. Like it's kind of a one in a million thing. Um, yeah. So how did, how did it happen that you guys got so much popularity and then ended up getting signed? And then obviously like you guys are on like every tour for the next like five years or whatever. <laughs> um, how, how did, how did that start, start out? Um, I like, it did kind of happen quickly, but like now that I'm older and look back, there was no plan B. Like there was no other option. It was very rare that we were doubting ourselves and saying, well, what if it doesn't work? Like it was just such a, well, this is what we're going to do. And having that, and, and Blake is also a really hyper-focused individual and he's like a hell of a guitar player and was learning how to produce, like produce. He was already on Pro Tools, like, reading manuals when I met him when I was 16 and now he's like a great producer. Like he's hyper-focused and he learns and you, you can't deny like his talent. And then he was just really good at amplifying and kind of car, like carving out like my own like talent. Like I was kind of an out of control singer and he'd be like, you know, help me hold back. Like we just worked with each other. I pulled him up and like, he pulled me down. Like it was a really good balance. And I think having that kind of um, chemistry, like made it easy to, to have some success. Like we were having fun and then the music like was cool, a little different. It wasn't like so seen and typical, like it had its own little, yeah. thing going on yeah. and that you know that's Blake like experimenting and um and just like really loving it and then I think like you know girls and bands weren't really that popular yet like it was still kind of um a risk like half the band quit when Blake had me join <laughs> like they oh, didn't yeah. want a girl yeah they didn't want a girl at all um so I think it was still kind of risky like Paramore is big and there's a few other bands but um so naturally when we played shows, I think people are interested. They want to see like what it sounds like, like the curiosity really got to people and then they liked the music as well. So I guess that kind of helped amplify it and, and move forward. And we also had like a great 
um, booking agent. I don't know if you know JJ Kasiri. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, he was like, he was in West Palm. He like booked us. Like he booked the boys even before I was in the band. He hooked us up with Matt Feldman. Matt Feldman's at our first show ever. He was, and he like you know took us under his wing and managed us and like really put us in a good direction. Absolutely. So it was just the the team was really helpful as well. Absolutely. So I mean, you guys like when I look back, I mean, I remember you know I think we did Warp Tour together in like two thousand and nine. Yeah. And uh, I remember just all those other tours that you you guys did and I, so you know when i was getting ready to, to talk to you i kind of looked back at some of the tours and it really seemed like you guys were on like every tour ever. <laughs> like you had every opportunity you were on the best label um and then you actually had good songs and you can actually sing and it was like it's weird to me that the band never just like exploded well you know, a lot of people, we, you know, first March just kind of disappeared. Like nobody knows what happened. Okay. Um, and like, that's always, it's, it, we felt like it was just better left unsaid, but like, you know, things were going good. And I feel like other people felt that way. And then just too many hands got dipped in the pot and sure, like too many people were just trying to grab onto it. And when we were in the studio doing the second record, like shit just like hit the ceiling fan and like, it wasn't working out and we couldn't get anybody sign off. So it was just the second record like got trashed after spending like five months on it. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. So like we have this, all these songs and you know, we were ready to put them out and that's why we dropped off the label and like switched the name just to Versa. We released like a few demos, but it just didn't feel right. So we were just like, let's take time. Like, let's just chill. I think we really needed that. So it's unfortunate that it didn't go further, but it's kind of like it did what it did. And I'm still proud of it. And like, it's cool. And then we took this time off and had some like years to actually grow up in the real world and like explore other things. And like, you know, this is why I started No with Nick. Um, like, I've always wanted to be in something a little more raw. Like, from when I was young going to punk shows, you know, I want to be in something raw and, like, full of guitars and, like, where I can yell a little bit and, like, get in there. Absolutely. And that's what this band is for me, which is fucking awesome. Oh, like, no, I have for so sure. much fun. For sure. I mean, the, the, the one thing, quote, I like to, to use sometimes, and it's something, again, as I've gotten older, uh, the quote is always... Um, the more I learn, the less I know. Yeah. And, and I kind of wanted to ask you if you feel that way at all. Like now, obviously when you're a 16 year old kid and you're in a band, you know, you like singing, you know, you like performing, but you don't, you probably didn't even know what a booking agent was at first. And you, you know, and you have all this learning to do. Um, I mean, now obviously like it's kind of a fresh start with no, you know, and you know so much more uh, about how things work, but, is it almost more daunting now to kind of have to start over? Yes. Like, yeah, it it really is. Like I went into it, you know, so young that I just didn't care. I was like, yeah, sure. I'm just here to sing and have fun. You guys take care of everything else. Um, Like I'll write the songs and I'll sing them. That's all I want to care about. But the truth is, is you do need to like, be more involved like into the business aspect of things so like i try to do that this time around i'm just like oh fuck like this sucks like sure. this is this is the worst like just like when you're signing contracts even with just like little diy labels and like trying to like really really like pay attention and be a part of it it's just like oh my god i hate this part 
Um, so I feel like I'm definitely, that's daunting. Like I'm learning that aspect and like, I want to do a solo record. Like I'm, I'm planning like this whole other project that I've kind of been thinking about for a long time. And yeah. And, um, and I'm like, fuck, I have to like, you know, really do it myself and like get in there. If I want it to be mine, it needs to be mine. I need to have my hands on everything. Like just hand it over to somebody else. So I'm trying to like still learn as much as I can when it comes to those business aspects and like making the right decisions, who you trust and, um, you know, who you let take a little bit of control to help you out because sometimes that's what fucks you in the end. Like, you know, you trust somebody who's like doing things for you to make your life easier. And then that person's like actually fucking it all up behind the scenes, you know? Of course, because you're not there for every call they make and, you know, you're not there to see every receipt and (laughs) you don't always know where all the, all your money's going and, and stuff. And I'm sure, I'm sure that was a problem with Versa merge and, um, you know, everything going on. Oh, yeah. I can absolutely understand that. Um, yeah. You think it's not going to happen to you. You're like, no, we won't get fucked. Like this is going great. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, we're getting fucked. Aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, once the, you know, things with Versa didn't work out, um, it would have been really like, it. I mean, it still would be like probably easier you just to call up a bunch of like you know people in other bands that were around kind of at the same time as you or people do, doing like pop punk side projects and just starting a band like that and calling Kevin Lyman he'd probably put you on the tour like Warp Tour immediately like you know yeah, what I mean? that like, was, was there... that was not what I wanted to do absolutely but was there any was it at all tempting just to be like I gotta get back on the horse like I know this world or were you just so over it Um, I was pretty, I'm a really sensitive person. And like, when you just write like almost 50 songs and like, you're really like trying to bear some emotion and like, you've gone through some shit, like relationship, a lot of touring, like it's all like exhausting. And I feel like I unloaded a lot of emotion and then to watch every single one of those songs, like just get lost in some weird nidosphere of never be seen again emails. It was heartbreaking and I was pretty fucked up about it. I was like, I did not just spend that long writing songs that are never going to be heard. And I just like had to not like, I didn't know if I ever wanted to do music again, actually for a a while. I I was really, really, really defeated. And I mean, it's not like, you know, first merge never announced like this breakup or anything. So nobody really came to me being like, Hey, what's your plans? Like, what are you doing? Do you want like, and I didn't go into anybody. Cause I was like, I don't like, I don't even know how to present it. And, um, I, I don't know. I was just in this weird little world. Like I definitely needed the, the a few years to like get my shit together and like, I needed a year to be a total fuck up and like get really dark and be self-destructive and crazy. And then I needed, okay, maybe that was like two years. Okay. And then, and it was then, supposed to be one and end up being two. Yeah, maybe two and a half. Um, <laughs> so there was a few years of like, like I was really depressed and like I, I was just like fuck it and like moved and crashed around at people's houses and just was like, you know, getting really fucked up all the time and like being angry and really, really self-destructive. And then, um, 
And I just like started writing again a little bit and then writing songs for other people, which I was like, oh, this is really fun. But then like started kind of hating it, but then liking it, but then hating it. (laughs) Like I'm just, I cannot deny that I'm like literally a chaotic person. Like, so I'm just trying to like hone it in. Like I'm still in my young 20s. Well, kind of not anymore. I'm 25 now. But um, yeah, the few years off, I think, helped and and then no started and then I remembered wait I really love music like I I need to do this and um so yeah I feel like I'm like at that period of getting my shit really together and like diving back in and I will be picking up the phone and hitting up like my old people that I used to know from tour like at first I was like, eh, I don't want to do that. It makes me feel weird. But I was like, you know what? They're my homies. Like we were all like in this together. Like I like kind of disappeared for a while, but like I definitely want to, um, when I start this like new project and other stuff, like hit up the old buddies and try to get on some tours and do some cool shit. So what do you think this, this, uh, you say this solo project you're talking about, you think that's going to happen soon? And, and what do you think is going to sound more on the versus side of things or, or do you not even really know yet? Oh my gosh, it makes me scared to talk about it because that means it's like gotta happen. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's good though because now you know what I mean. It's one of those things where you, you almost have to talk about it. Exactly. Like I need the push. I need someone exactly. to be like, "Well, you said it," so I'm like, "I know." <laughs> like I've shown some people. Some you heard songs, it. Heard, so like, you heard it here first, kids. <laughs> like I was showing some people some songs. I even sang. Like my friend did a camp, and like I sang one of the songs, and everybody's like, "What the fuck?" I thought that was a cover. You wrote that. I was like, yeah, I remember I write songs. It's like, and it was good to like feel love again and like be like, oh shit, like people do care if I put out music. Like when when you go through a few dark years, like you convince yourself no one gives a fuck about you. Like yeah. that's just like, you know, an honest truth. And and so I kind of like had a nice little reminder. I was like, man, people care, like music's music. I just need to like do this shit. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be more. Um, it's not going to be like Versa and it's not going to be quite like, no, it's, it's going to be, you know, guitar driven, vocal driven. It just needs to be really authentic. And before I slam a genre upon it, um, I really want it to come naturally, um, and real, like in the most realist way, like it's going to be probably on the sadder side, but also really, um, fun and energetic. Um, but yeah, it's all over the place. So, We'll see. It's going to be called um, Bad Daughter. I can tell you that much. <laughs> awesome. Bad Daughter. It's yeah. a great name. Yeah. It's just like finishing the songs and then finding um, finding a producer or like a, a collaborative partner to help me hone it in. Because I'm not yeah. technically a musician. Um, I'm a singer. So it's not like I... No, no, and no. I'm no. Not you got to producer. stop right there. Yep. You have to stop right there. You're absolutely a musician. Well, a musician, but I don't... Um, play like all the instruments and I don't um you know I'm not like some expert producer so I can make little demos but definitely like finding a person that will bring it all together with me yeah well I think that that's totally totally fine I mean it's like this it's funny this like world we live in now to where it's like if my logic demos don't sound like finished records I'm like somehow inferior (laughs) I hear some of these guys I hear some of these guys demos and I'm just like, how the fuck did you do that? Like, yeah. How does that sound so good? Like you, there's almost no point you even going in with the producer at this, like it's in, it's insane. And I'm just like, I'm just demoing to get my idea. I'm not going to like spend two hours, like 
putting a compressor on a kick drum or something like yeah now imagine growing up with blake <laughs> right 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 <laughs> so like so no wonder yeah. you're a little self-conscious about your demo experience. yeah but i've showed him so many like yo for not knowing shit that sounds great i'm like okay thank you all right this is good enough for me <laughs> <laughs> have you have you told your parents uh that bad daughter is going to be the name yeah, the mom goes, you're not a bad daughter. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, fucking right. <laughs> That's funny. Your impression of your mom would be exactly the impression of my mom, too. That's yeah, exactly. she either has a New York accent when I do impressions of her, which is makes no sense, or she sounds really nice and fairy-like. Yep. <laughs> She's a great lady. <laughs> That's awesome. Hi, mom. Hi, Sierra's mom. Hi. Uh, Hi, Gret Nation. She might listen to this. Sorry we used the F word so many times. She's used to it, I think. Okay. I, I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll say hi to my mom, too, because she always listens. Anyway, so let's talk about uh, um, No again. You're out going on tour very soon. I'm sure people are going to be at the shows. If they're listening to this, the shows maybe haven't happened yet, so check them out. Um, so you have a very, very interesting mix of band members um, you got two yeah. like dudes that are basically from pretty like credible hardcore bands. Super uh, cred. Yeah. Super cred in your face, hardcore bands. And you're from, uh, a, you know, let's face it. I'm like a pop punk band and on fuel by ramen and, um, your sound couldn't be further from anything you've done. Any of the, yeah. you know, the three of the members that I'm talking about, like, you know, uh, have heart trash talk. Versa merge like no it doesn't yeah, sound it's a crazy anything combo. like it. it doesn't sound like I'm not saying like like it to be facetious. It doesn't sound anything like it. So so like how were you even able to start? Like how did it come about? Was there a particular band that was a big influence or some kind of sound you were going for or or like what was the initial discussion that you had with, well, with each other? So initially. Um, well, what was weird is it was during that dark time and I was like crashing in Sacramento for a few months. And I remembered Nick cause I'd met him on warp tour, like Oh nine. And, um, he'd gotten kicked off that year. So, and, uh, sounds like trash talk. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he doesn't give a fuck. And like, I always really liked that about him. And I definitely had like a crush on him when I met him on warp tour and then he got kicked off and I was like, Oh, I'll never see him again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, but we were like friends on Facebook or, you know, little things like that. And I was like, Oh, that kid from California. And I was like, it would be cool to write songs with him. Um, and I like just kept it in the back of my mind. And I was like, maybe if I get out to LA, I'll hit him up. And, um, like a month later I'm crashing around Sacramento and he just sends me a message randomly. And he's like, Hey, I got some shitty songs. You want to sing over them? And I was like, dude, that's so weird. I was going to ask you if you wanted to write shitty songs that I could sing over. So um, he sent me some demos and they were super raw and like overblown. But like I knew what he was doing. Like I got it. And I was like, dude, this is exactly what I wanted to do. So initially it was like I wanted to do something like super 90s raw like rough and and noisy but that I could sing pretty over like that's what I wanted to do and he wanted to do you know something super loud and he loves girl bands um you know he's a huge Sonic Youth fan um you know by Bloody Valentine and Slow Dive like kind of like the 90s like 
shoegaze vibe definitely was initially what was presented to me, what he was like kind of going for with the sound. Right. But then at the same time, he was like, but I want to go for nothing. And I was like, cool. Okay, let's do it. So like, there was no rules. Um, he would send me demo. It was with like, you know, blast beats and like the fastest guitar I've ever heard. And I'm like, how am I supposed to sing over this? <laughs> but the challenge was really good. And then he would send me like slow drony, like just so slow. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be so fun. Um, the demos went through like a lot of phases. We realized when we got our first batch of demos, we were like, okay, this is really depressing let's like go into the studio and kick it up a notch. So then we got more fun songs out of it. Um, and yeah, it, and it kind of worked out because after Sacramento, Blake was like, let's move to Brooklyn and like get a studio and work on stuff. And Nick was um, uh, being living alone in his parents' beach house in Jersey. And we were trying to work long distance, but that's just like, I don't work that way. I can't do it. And I was yeah. like, hey, just just wait. I'm moving to Brooklyn in a few months. I'll meet you there. And so I just like went to his beach house and we started hashing things out. And it was so fun and awesome and carefree. And like, you know, I hadn't made music in that way. Like I'd been doing sessions, but that's so formulated to a certain point. And right. um, it's not the same kind of creativity. Yeah, this was just like no rules. And I was like, do you care what I sing or what I say? He's like, nope, that's all you. And I was like, cool, I, you can write whatever the fuck you want. And so it was like, you write it, I'll sing over it. And now I'm like kind of writing some stuff and he'll be like cool and he'll elaborate on it. Like it's a super different process than, than anything I've done, but it's right. like led to, I think, something really cool. And, and Nick is also just constantly writing songs and um, so we already have like so many more on deck um, nice. that I can't wait to, um, you know, put out. But like I said, we're a baby band. It's very DIY and um, recording's expensive. <laughs> yeah, no, no, totally. No, um, yeah, it sounds like, you know, it's like a lot more freeing now what you're doing. Like with Versa Merge, was there a lot of like micromanaging of what you were singing or writing? Yes, but not in a way that I think was bad. Like I I was very aware that I'm representing a group. Right. Like you know, I'm I'm taught I'm using my experience, but like Blake is so much involved that I feel like you know I'm always representing us as a group. So um, the lyrics definitely were filtered more. You know, like I'm not going to sing "fuck" in a verse of song, (laughs) and um, and I'm I'm we never got we kept Versa like really uh, broad and vague and, and um, you know, it was a little more, I don't know how to explain it. I was younger then, but it was just different. And now that I'm mm-hmm. older and now it's just straightforward as hell and right to the point. Well, you and, formed your own opinions too. You know, it's, it's like when you're younger writing songs, you, you kind of maybe think you have an opinion, but then you don't really know for sure. And now like yeah. you're 25 and you've been through some shit and you're living in Brooklyn and I think you have probably pretty strong opinions. Um, so I totally, I totally get that. Yeah, definitely writing at an older age. It, it's, it's different. It's definitely different. Yeah. Like as far as what you care about and even just the way you present it and say it, I've, I've found it easier to not think so hard. And, and that was kind of the goal is like, don't, think so hard like don't let your anxiety cripple you on this project like yeah like stop thinking and nick really kind of helped me with that um so it was a it's a good it's a good mixture nick and i are like 
we both have really big personalities that are very different. So us together is like, <laughs> it's the fucking, <laughs> it's either terrible or it's amazing. Like, <laughs> you know, and that's like the reality of it. And, but I like that it's like that. Cause it's like, okay, today they're fucking hate you. So don't talk to me. Or today I'm like, you're my bestest friend. We're having the most fun in the world. Like, that's just how it is. And, and, I hate it like when bands are like, we're all best. I mean, I'm not saying bands aren't best friends, but like you know, a lot of bands don't like to say that they don't get along sometimes. And, yeah. But I, I like that me and Nick's personality, it's like cement and rock, like knocking together all the time. And then, so it started with just Nick and I, and then he was like, I think my buddy Ryan is going to um, come play bass. He was in half heart. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, damn, okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm just getting the coolest hardcore dudes, aren't yeah. I? Um, yeah, and then we got um, a buddy of mine that I randomly met in Brooklyn. Like, we couldn't get a drummer. Like, everyone kept bailing. And this kid, like, learned really? the Really? Drummers bailing? Day. That doesn't sound like drummers at all. Could you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we stuck with this kid. Um, and... Yeah, it's been like a really interesting mix, but it's also weird to like tour with like not Blake. Like I've never like, yeah. you know, it's so it's different. Are you guys to, still like, close? Yeah, I'm at a department right now. We're, we were just laying in bed watching Jungle Book and eating pistachios. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> no, we are like best friends and we're pretty inseparable. Oh, that's um, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you should yes. get him to, to do some demos for you on the house. I know, right? But he, we were talking about it. Like we've been working on music actually for the past year. It's just you know, you know, he's been he's been producing um, uh, the Paris record and like working on that. And so we kind of wow. just like put everything we had going on kind of to the side. But who knows? We might crack it back open. We were writing some really cool shit, so I'd like to put it out. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I want to talk a little bit about your singing... Um, this is the lead singer syndrome podcast and, um, ah. and you know, it's a lot more experimental with no, there's a lot of effects on your voice. There's no auto tune. Uh, you know, it, it's like your, like your previous, you know, career, um, with Versa, you were kind of known to be this sort of like awesome pop voice with like a lot of projection and power, but now it's yeah. like you're kind of buried behind like reverb and delay and modulation effects. Like, is that, was that weird for you? Um, at first? Yeah. But I think the past, like, you know, taking off Versa and like taking the past three years to sing alone in my bedroom and like really find a different way to sing. Like, all right, I don't need to like belt like constantly. Like, yeah, I, I, I can listen. To, I'm sure you could listen back on old demos and be like, damn, I was really over singing. And sometimes uh -huh. the music, the music calls for it, but sometimes the music like doesn't call for it. And I was really excited to like tone it down, um, you know, kind of like mumble my way, like 
or um, sing just like pretty and ununderstandable. But then, you know, there's a few tracks where I'm like kind of yelling and more in your face. Um, but for the most part, the songs that are out are, yeah, that super buried and, and it's almost not in the forefront, you know, it's not yeah. the main thing. Um, it's more like a second or, you know, instrument. And it was definitely different, like recording. I was like, oh man, I was, maybe that's not the right way to do it. Maybe this isn't the right tone. But then there was a lot of songs where as soon as I heard the music, I like knew exactly how I needed to be. And like, I knew exactly where it needed to sound. And like, and that's always a good feeling. Like, I love it when you get a demo and you're like, I know I got it. This is it. And it makes sense. So I feel like music kind of tells it. That sounds so like... The music tells me how to sing, (laughs) but it does. Well, yeah, I mean, of course, well, that's the music is what is going to guide you, you know? So, I mean, it just makes sense, like, you know, even just scientifically. But um, no, I mean, I think like when I was listening to your your EP or whatever it is, it's kind of like, well, the songs are so short, which I love because it's Mm -hmm. like it's there's sort of that punk rock element, but also the 90s element. You know, you know, like I really like that vibe because I I could listen to that EP over and over again and not get bored. Um, but but I digress. Um, <laughs> but the there are times when I like hear you sing melodies and I'm like, you know what? If there was like no effects on this vocal and the guitars weren't so spacey and the drums were just playing like straight ahead, I was like, this could be a verse or a merge part. Like there are certain <laughs> times where I'm like, okay, I kind of hear like I hear. Sierra K like in this song as her old self. Yeah, I mean, there's like I always say everybody has like their own inner progression or you know, like you have your little set of notes or like habits. Sure, yeah, that's melody always, habits, yeah. Yeah, that's always gonna be in you and like I and I can't like get rid of those. And I like that like if you uh, listen to like a drake song like he's always singing the same kind of shit it's like oh that's what makes him drake you know <laughs> um and uh yeah some other people told me that They're like oh that kind of sounds like old you i'm like well i'm still me so it's not gonna like <laughs> go away but also like i've picked up so many weird habits that i thought were bad but now i i really love them you'll hear more on the newer songs that haven't come out yet but like, I don't know, like really exploring with my voice and not doing the typical and, and sounding pretty, but also like sounding fucked up sometimes, like not sounding pretty. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, and this is a, a debate I had with someone the other day, like somebody said, it might've even been on this show. Somebody said something like, I try to make every line like as catchy as it can be. And I'm like, well, I don't know if that's the right approach all the time because you know, if every line is like trying to be super hooky and catchy, then what about like the important line? That one isn't going to have as much emphasis, you know, when you want to do that. So it's just the whole element. And like what you said about belting it out, it's like you want to have dynamics within certainly within a record, but also within a song. So I think that totally makes sense. Like to, to want to kind of sound a little bit off or a little bit fucked up at times. Yeah. And like, um, the way that Nick's like written some parts, like, you know, I'm really working around a weird, uh, rhythm and, uh, like his, it challenges me and I, and I'm definitely not trying to write the hookiest part at all. That isn't my, my goal. Um, 
but I am a firm believer. I love my first chorus, first chorus, you know, like I like structure. Yeah. And I, and I also think that's kind of what made this band kind of cool is like the songs don't, weren't always half the demos you sent me weren't really structured. <laughs> and then I get to come over it with almost like a pop approach and like give it some structure. Um, but, um, so there's a few songs I'm like, Oh, that is, that's kind of hooky. And I did that like without really thinking about it. But, um, I, I'd like to do this thing where I want the, the, the way the melody to go is to like fall out of my mouth really easy and kind of just like ride it all in one breath. So like, I, I keep hearing like the, the song make me stay like just that first four verse that comes in, like that is like a no thought, like, like I can just ride it. And like, I love melodies like that. Like, I don't give a fuck if it's like catchy or not. Like it feels literally so good coming out of me. And that's like (laughs) what I want to care about for this project. Well, if things are natural to you, they're probably natural for other people to hear, you know, and that, that kind of makes it just the music more honest, you know? Yeah, hopefully. If you're trying to force a certain melody, but I, I totally get it. So, okay. You got this tour coming up. Um, What's what's next for the band? What what can people expect? Well, um, we're gonna do this tour, which is um, I think I already told you the the cities. So um, yeah, after this, I'm gonna go back to Florida. The boys are you know it's holidays, so we're all chilling. I think what we're trying to do is record January, February, get like these next batch of songs really um, really good and done, and then hopefully have some new songs out by March and. We want to get on like a, a more um, bigger tour and hopefully hit most of the U.S. Cool. But the possibilities are endless. They I are infinite. Go, yes, they are. Yeah. I want to keep going. Go the to sky UK is the and, limit. Yeah. Hopefully we'll talk to some some labels. I mean, we're not trying to like sign and like whatever, but we I, I think we like the idea of um, doing a record like with different cool DIY labels and um, we have some splits that I think are in progress. Um, cool. We're going to have a vinyl for the record that we have out in January. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it'll have all the lyrics. So everybody that's asking me for the lyrics, you, you can get them. <laughs> oh, you even published the lyrics? <laughs> yeah. Cause... Oh, you're so dirty. <laughs> that is so mean. No. I well, I, I guess I didn't find the right time nor platform. And I was like, you know, I like... Like for with Versa fans, like our hardcore fans, like that they love no, but they really liked Versa and they were really into the lyrics. And it's hard, like just they like ask all the time, like what are you saying? I'm like, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> so yes, I, they can they can get the lyrics in there. But is that like what? <laughs> isn't that the best though? Like we've had times when our records have gotten leaked, uh, you know, so like the the CD booklet or what or whatever wasn't out. And people would be publishing what they thought I was singing, or in my case, screaming. Um, yeah. <laughs> and some of the hilarious lyrics that were written were like would make me laugh so hard. But there oh was a, there was a couple times when I'd actually be like, "Oh fuck, that's a better line. I should use that line." No, for real. Okay, my manager, like back in the day, uh, they were like trying to transcribe this like demo, and I was like, just didn't have time to reply the email yet. So they guessed the lyrics, and one of the lines, I was like, "Yeah, that that's it." And I was like, "Like, we have to change it to that. Like, that's gotta <laughs> be what it is. Like, that's fucking way cooler. Why did I not do that?" 
yeah. So sometimes that happens, but sometimes it's ridiculous and doesn't make any sense. I'm like that's not a real sentence. No, but, but there must be. They must be out there. I'm gonna look look at that when we got off the phone. I wanna, I wanna see what, <laughs> what people are thinking. And, and have you done that? Is like some. Are some people nailing it or are people way off? Because it is kind of hard I to hear some of the words. Actually. I don't know if you'll find anything. Like, um, yeah, the like, like lyrics said, websites is... aren't, aren't like, the, like as popular as they used to be. Yeah, and like we're still such a baby band. Like, yeah. like really hardcore Versa fans are like into it. But like as far as the whole other world that doesn't you know, know that the, the world that we come from even exists. All um, right. What I'm going to do right now is is I have my lead singer syndrome fans of the podcast – I, uh, I call them the sinners and um, I want whoever's listening to listen to the no EP and I want them to, to transcribe the words. And I know some people will do. It. So, <laughs> yes. so what we'll do is we'll, we'll transcribe the words. We'll put them on like the social media. And then when you get around to publishing the lyrics, we'll have a little laugh when we compare them. Does that sound like fun? Yay! That sounds like a lot of fun. It's a fun <laughs> exercise we can do. Oh, that's gonna be awesome! I'm actually like really curious to what people are thinking because, like, when they were asking for the lyrics, like Nick and Ryan, they all replied to the email. They're like, "No fucking clue." (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, "Okay, I'll get those to you guys." (laughs) That's awesome. Well, do you? um, I have a question for you first before you go. Yes, like when you when you're writing songs, like, do you care about melody or lyrics first, or both equally? Like, which one are you feeling like you're more invested into? Absolutely, the melody. Yeah, yeah. So, like, usually, I I have kind of an idea of what the music is doing, and then the melody is like always the most important thing. And sometimes when I'm writing the melody, some lyrics will like pop into my head, and sometimes mm-hmm. they'll be like so compelling I won't ever be ever be able to change them. Yes, like the the melody de- like depends on those lyrics having a certain sound. But um, but yeah, for me, I, I like actually never really liked writing lyrics until probably within the last maybe like five years. Really? And I always felt like I wasn't very good at writing lyrics and I never, I don't know, I always felt like I was way better at like being a songwriter and, and writing melodies than lyrics. But now I'm like way more into lyrics than I ever have been. Interesting. Yeah, I always like to know, like, I always try to remember you know, what we were talking about earlier is like, we're all kind of making it till we make it. So yeah. like I go through it too. I'm like, am I good at writing lyrics? I don't know. Like it's such a difficult thing. It is. And it's so personal, you know, it's and, very personal. And it's personal for you, but then you're trying to make it personal for someone else kind of, or, mm-hmm. or maybe you're not trying to do that, but you know, someone's going to make it personal. So, well, yeah, I'm sure you've seen people, you know, latch onto your words so hard and you're like, yeah. oh shit, like, you know, something you wrote so, you know, simply, but other people latch onto it. And I, I think about that sometimes and I want it to be like so meaningful and like really hit home. Absolutely. No, I mean, I don't know. I just do my best. That's all I can do. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before I let you go, I want to ask you about the Data Remember song. Um, oh, yeah. It's really funny because that's like your only gold record. I know. <laughs> Did they I send you a plaque? No. They didn't like, send you a plaque? F- I was like, I didn't even know about it. Andrew Wade like hit me up on Facebook. He's like, yo, congratulations. And like tagged me. And I was like, yo, I didn't even know. Wait, don't I get something? God damn it. Like, I'm so proud of them, like, not to take it away. But I was like, huh, well, fine. <laughs> no, but well, that's sure crazy that that with, song big. 
I don't think they're you're, they're going to get a plaque now after the whole victory records. Um, I don't know if you heard about it. Yeah, didn't they win like yeah. the, the thing? They won like yeah, a few I, I wasn't million really... dollars from from victory records uh, in a lawsuit. So I don't oh, think shit. victory records going to make an extra plaque and send it your way just to be nice. You know what? It's okay. It <laughs> really is okay. I actually like had a driver the other day, and he was talking about a day to remember. <laughs> And I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, I love them. Florida, man. You know, I just love them. I was like, oh, do you know that one song with the girl? It's like, yeah. And I was like, that's me. And he, <laughs> and he was like, get the fuck out, whatever. Like, literally thought right. I was lying. And like, right. I was like, no, I, I swear. <laughs> like, <laughs> just totally didn't believe me. I was like, okay, well, thanks. See you later. <laughs> well, it's definitely opened up some doors probably. Like, it probably did back then. And it probably still, like, is a talking point at least because – it's a big song and a really big band. Yeah, I remember um, when they they were on the O9 Warp Tour too. And uh, after their set, I used to like bring a box of CDs to the kids leaving the show and be like, "I sing that song. Here's my band." And it actually like helped us sell so many CDs. Absolutely. Yeah, you gotta gotta hustle. <laughs> you gotta hustle. That's what the that's what the game's all about. Yeah, Warp Tour was the place to do it. Ugh. Oh, warp tour! What a beautiful mess that raised me. That's true, right? Yeah, you were like what eighteen, nineteen when you did warp tours. Yeah, it was my summer camp. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a fucking psycho. <laughs> Anybody on warp tour would be like, "Oh God, yeah, that girl." <laughs> I don't know. We didn't really talk. I don't remember really talking to you in '09, but we were only on the tour for like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I didn't. I met a lot of people, but you know, it's just like a crazy like thing all the time. You're running around, and I was so excited. There were so many people that were like, "Oh fuck, I hate Warped Tour," and I'm like, "Ah, this is the greatest thing of my life!" Like, so full of energy, I'm like a puppy peeing everywhere. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> well, that's yeah. awesome. Well, it's great to see you um, having this, you know, passion for music back. You know, yeah. I mean, maybe it's not the same as a puppy peeing warp tour style, <laughs> but it's a different kind of excitement you've harnessed in a different way. So uh, it's it's all the best with with the new project. No. And everybody listening, um, you got to check it out. Um, I, I always play music at the end of my show. That's something that is super important, um, you know, to get people to know, you know, actually hear the music and not be like, oh, yeah, I'll check it out. And then they forget. So exactly, um, yeah. so right now um, I'm going to play a song. Uh, by no, and I want to ask you which one you would like me to play for the people. Well, do you have a particular favorite that you like? Um, well, the songs are so short and they all blend together, and I can't remember if it's the <laughs> third one or the fourth one I like. Um, um, but why don't oh, you just pick your favorite? Okay, okay. I think my favorite right now is, is it the fast one or... The slow one. You know what? Let's go with a fast one. Go with the fast one. Always go with the fast one. Yeah. Let's do somewhere up north. Or, yeah, somewhere up north. Somewhere up it's north. It's kind of like yelly and whatever. And I'm somewhere up north right now and stuff like that. Yeah. So go listen to this and enjoy and check out the tour dates. And right now uh, I'm about to go get a tattoo on my butt. <laughs> oh, really? What are you getting a tattoo of? Um, Lynn actually is from Paris. Like she's in Brooklyn right now and oh, she's been fuck. giving me That's crazy. tattoos. Yeah. She's been giving me, I, I started, I brought her a 
stick and poke. And I was like, you want to tattoo me? And now she's obsessed with it. Yeah. And she's literally been defacing my body for weeks now. You know, it's so <laughs> funny. Putting a rose on me. It's, this is so funny. And I don't know if the listeners are going to believe me, but I had Lynn on the podcast two weeks ago. Yeah, I and, saw that. Yeah. And, and we actually like, whenever I like hang up with people, um, you know, after like we the interviews over, I usually like stay on the phone for like a couple minutes just to, like to say like, Oh, thank you. And like, whatever. And uh-huh. so actually that's, we actually talked about that. So it's not on the episode, but she's, she's like, yeah, I'm going to Brooklyn to like do a stick and poke tattoo on my friend. <laughs> and that's you. Yeah, so she told me. like, yeah. So she told me about that, which is like, that's funny. which is super funny. Yeah. Yeah. She's like been what a small totally world. practicing on me. It's been awesome. Great. Yeah. She said she wanted to do a dagger on me, which is very appropriate. So <laughs> well, you should. Or are you? Are she doing a dagger on you? Is that what she said? Um, the first one she gave me was a dagger. That okay, was her yeah. first See? one. Now people are going to believe me. Yes. No. I, <laughs> I, I mixed it up because I'm I'm the dagger guy. Um, yeah, you should definitely get a dagger. I, I got the first one. Yes. Yeah, I've got a dagger, a tooth, and tonight I'm getting a rose on my butt. So I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm sure it feels great. The stick and poke getting stabbed. Uh, it's very nice. therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> whatever works man yeah all right. well hey um all right well let's call it to the song one last time i forget uh some somewhere up north is that right yeah somewhere up north here it is somewhere up north on lead singer syndrome thanks a lot sierra bye I told you it's a short song, but make sure you go check out the whole No EP. It is really, really, really rad. You will not regret it. And if you're down to transcribe some lyrics, I think it's a super, super fun thing to do. Please email me or maybe post it on the Facebook page, whatever. Leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. As always, you can get in touch with me. I really appreciate the feedback. Before we go, I got to thank some of the big time sinners here. 
for being a part of the All Access Club. You guys are really keeping the lights on, keeping the wheels turning on this thing. Thank you so much for your support. Philip Kudzirski, sure, the first name is the hardest one to say. Philip Kudzirski, Rainer Ho, Mike Miller, Nathan Riley, Brendan Potter. Eh, You know what? Fuck you, Brendan. Whatever. Love you guys. Thank you so much for being the God Pass people. We also got Philip Fradkin, Mo Horta, Josh Fandruff, Elise Van Howe, Aiden McLaughlin, Julia Arqueta, Travis Hardy, Cole Fenn, Johnny Carreau, Victoria Anderson, Drew McDonald, Andre Nielsen, Will Southard, Markham King, Alexander Terry, Mike Valdez, Kimberly Burgles, Christian Harris, Roy Stino, Shannon Caswell, Brendan Drescher, Jordan Reed, Roden Cabe... Ooh, I don't know about that one. Rolden Cabete? Cabete? You'll correct me on the Facebook page. Tom Mancini, Jordan Crink, Gabby Marshall. Shout out to Gabby Marshall. And my boy, Rigel St. Pierre. Thank you guys so much for your support and your love. We'll see you on the Facebook page. Everybody else, we'll see you next week. Shane Told out. Peace and love.